Hey guys, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast. I want to take a minute to introduce you to a new organization called Howl for Wildlife. Howl was grown out of the necessity to have a fast-acting tool to focus the sportsman's voice on issues concerning wildlife management and hunting. It's Howl's goal to shut down any initiative that doesn't support sound management practices before it even makes it to the ballot, and certainly before it reaches the courtroom. I know I sound like a broken record, but we need to start looking at hunting as a community and not just an individual sport. And that means supporting all hunting, whether we engage in duck hunting or predator hunting or anything in between. We are all in this for different reasons. And unfortunately, it's this difference that will be our undoing if we let it. So we need to come together as one pack and let our diversity be our strength. We are a strong force if we band together, one voice, one howl. I want you to go to howlforwildlife.org, that's H-O-W-L for wildlife.org, and join there. There's no cost to you to becoming a member. Howl operates solely on donations, so it's completely up to you if you decide you want to send money or not. There will be no annoying emails, no newsletter advertisements, or money grabs, or anything like that. No drives. Signing up as a member just means that when there's an issue concerning wildlife management like this attempt on banning mountain lion hunting and bear hunting in Arizona, you will be called to stand with us and let your voice be heard. So get on Howlful Wildlife, become a member, and join the pack. Thank you. Let's jump into this episode. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Uh, today we are going to talk a little bit, not a little bit, we're probably going to talk pretty extensively about what's going on now in Arizona. Another hunting ban has risen and uh, I have Ryan Smith with us and uh, Charles Whitwam and uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about this a little bit here and see, kind of kind of turn the floor over to, to uh, Ryan. Ryan, you give us a little rundown about yourself and then uh, we'll and then Charles will uh, will introduce you here, even though you've been on the podcast many times. <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Ryan Smith. I'm the manager account holder for the Honey account on Instagram. Uh, let's see. I've been, I guess a lot of people don't know this. I've only been an Arizona resident for like seven years. Uh, military guy. My wife is originally from here, live in Tucson. But ever since I came here, I have fallen in love with everything Everything hunting in Arizona, uh, it's been awesome, and it's uh, it's just been a great ride so far. Um, so, with this new initiative that's out, or what they're attempting to do, mm-hmm. um, it's more of a rally the troops period for them. So, I've a lot of people don't know that the way the regulations work or the regulations periods work in Arizona, they work on a five year basis. So as we cl- when we close out 22, we will be ending the current five-year period. And then 23 starts the new five-year period, so from 23 through, through uh, 28. So what's going on right now is the open comment period. So this is a chance for the public to voice their opinion on any issues, um, any passions, anything outdoors. This is their chance to voice that to Game and Fish. Mm-hmm. So what these groups, so there's three groups basically that I've read so far that are in on this. It's the Mountain Lion Foundation, 
there's a there's a biological group here in Tucson that's that's backing this, and then the one heading this is the Humane Society of the United States, right? Um, which we've had to deal with them before. Yeah, they've uh, spearheaded like four or five attempts at mountain lion here in the last twenty years, I think, the last fifteen years or so. Yeah, I think they started one in like 2017, 2018. Yep. I think that's the last one I remember. They tried to ban. They went for mountain lions and bobcats. Yeah, well, and that got a change, remember? They, they, right, they got a change out of that. Right. So that we're not hunting mountain lions all year round anymore. Now there's a... Yeah, we lost we lost mountain lions year round. Mm-hmm. We lost the day-long hunting period, so we can no longer hunt them throughout the night. Right. And they also put a basically a, a female harvest threshold. Uh, and then also the, the the threshold in general, um, where it's broken into zones, and once a zone hits X number of lions, then they shut it down. Kind of similar to what they do with bears. Right. Well, I, um, I honestly think that's been in play for a long time, and that wasn't uh, that was a management decision, I think, before Houston yeah, got I, involved. I guess from my understanding, yeah. they all kind of came through at the same, like roughly the same time. It started in like a 2015 to 2018 period or whatever, yeah. but so. With that, the one we were just talking about where they kind of came at us in 2017, 2018, uh, to me was them getting their feet wet. That, From what I've been reading the last two days, mm-hmm. it kind of seemed like they were doing that to see what they needed to attack us again. They wanted to see yep. they wanted to see what we were going to have, what we were going to do, how strong we were going to be. So they shot for this and then settled for some regulation changes. Right. That's their, that's their M.O., they they throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, and then they formulate how to come back at you again. They've done it in so many states, and they've done, that's their just they just keep doing that. It's basically like criminals, you know, doing a small robbery to see the response time of the cops, so that they know that when they make a big heist, what they're dealing with. Yeah, it's basically and- the same. And I feel like they're, they're doing criminals. it to just chip, they're just kind of chipping away. So, you know, they, they came and we got those regulations that they got changed last time. Mm-hmm. Um, this time they've thrown bear into the initiative. And who knows, they might they might shoot for the moon and then settle for what if they propose, okay, well, then let's stop hound, they're hunting with hounds or something like that. Exactly. They just kind of settle, 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 so they completely get what they want. Well, and, that, mean, that's and that's, said, and that's yeah. the MO of the current regime in the in – the, <laughs> Uh, in the fishing game right now that's the new the commission that's what they do they're like they're they're the concession artists um and i you know i'm not saying this to piss people off but the truth of the matter is it more so than i've ever seen in the 25 years that i've lived here or 27 years that i've lived oh jesus more than that it's 30 30 years that i've lived here (laughs) that um they they do that. They give in. They're like, oh, let's just give them a crumb. Let's just give them a crumb. And those crumbs eventually add up and, you know, they're sitting there yeah. using those those crumbs to bread chicken and, and fry up chicken cutlets now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty bad. Um, and the, th- the worst part about it is they're using it as precedence in, in other states. Like they win it here then they go to nevada they go to you know utah or whatever and then usually start usually starts in california and kind of works its way over yeah um they tried us with we actually we're going to get with this i'm going to introduce charles here in a second 
Um, we dealt with this, the bear specifically, I mean, they've already had the mountain lion thing there for a while. They try to eliminate bears just recently. And, uh, that was a victory for Halfa wildlife. You guys are going to hear about that, uh, extensively here in a little bit. And that is, um, organization that I'm on, on, on the board with. And, uh, Charles is actually El Presidente. So Charles, uh, Let's get a little background on you real quick, and then uh, we'll we'll keep going where we're going with the uh, what's going on. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my name's Charles Whitlam. I currently live in California. Um, I hunt a lot with John, obviously, and uh, well, maybe people don't know that, but I hunt a lot with John. I've been on his podcast a lot. Um, I've been a an outfitter and a guide, but uh, for with regards to what we're talking about here um yeah i was involved in the, the uh, uh in squashing the the sb52 which was a bill that was introduced in california early last year um early 2021 yeah and um to ban bear hunting and um that got squashed and that sort of is where howl for wildlife originated from and it's basically a, a website where uh, it doesn't do a whole lot, but what it does is huge. It's, it's basically a place where um, anybody who wants to protect wildlife through uh, science-based management practices can go and take action to you know, voice their support um, to get involved in fish and wildlife committee meetings. Um, and, uh, you know, those are two huge examples of what it is we're going to do. Right. Um, but basically just giving people an easy way to get involved and, and bring everybody together yeah, it's, and it'll be free to do so as well. So nothing to join, no magazines, no newsletters, none of that stuff. Just so I'm going to jump in there. Done. I'm going to jump in here real quick. So, uh, this is n- no, I am part of so many different other organizations, conservation organizations, and they all have their place and they all do a great job. But the one thing yeah. that they don't do a great job of is one acting fast. They're very slow moving. Um, most of the time they wait till these things go to litigation and yeah. then they start acting. Um, so the premise behind how for wildlife is that we as hunters and outdoorsmen, fishermen, we have a strong voice like a wolf's howl. And we are going to direct that howl in the direction of where it's needed. So when they're, when they're against science-based management, when they're, when they're trying to take away hunting uh, based on emotions, we are going to come at them and show them that we mean business by showing a sizable force. And that sizable force is you guys, the people listening to this podcast, the hunters and fishermen. We need to be united. I've been saying this now for I don't know how many years, but you've heard me say it a million times. You need to be a united group and this is why Howlful Wildlife came about. This is what we're going to be doing. We're going to unify us. Whether you're a lion hunter, bear hunter, bob predator hunter at all, it doesn't matter. 
even if you're a fisherman and you don't hunt at all, period, every all of us got to stick together because eventually, eventually they're going to come for what you love and there's not going to be anybody else around because the lion hunter lost his privileges to do what he loved doing 10 years ago and then he's not around anymore to help you out. So it's really important for us to get on board and we're going to talk about how you're going to be able to do that towards the end of this podcast, but we're going to go back to what the, the lecture at hand, so to speak. And Ryan's going to give us some insight on, um, and, uh, we're going to share some, some information for you on this lion thing. It's not just lions, it's lions, bears, and bobcats. So I'm going to guess I'm going to hand it back over to you, Ryan here for a little bit. Okay. So where I was at is like I was saying, this is an open comment period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in reality, this hasn't technically become a movement yet or, or um, initiative. It's mm-hmm. right now they're, they're just doing the exact same thing we've been doing for the last 24 hours is, is open commenting. Uh, they've just been doing it kind of sneaky, quiet. Yep. You know, they rallied their troops via emails and, and, and their social media and didn't really get huge about it. Cause I don't know. I, I feel that they didn't want us, obviously to pay attention to the open oh, comment. They, they never do. That's the, that's yeah. the, seriously. And I keep saying MO, but that's, that's their serious. That's what yeah. they do every single time. And by the time it gets on somebody's radar, it's already too late sometimes. And yeah, that is why how is going to, what how is going to focus on and what we're going to, we're going to try to nip it in the bud before it gets going. And what, what I what I was thinking, it kind of sucks. Is so we went. We just finished out a hunting season for the most part. I mean, we're still in archery season, but mm-hmm. everybody's been busy. So they had this comment period. We haven't really been focused on computers, media, whatever, emails, any of this stuff. I mean, there's people out there that are, but this comment period was kind of at a shitty time for us, mm-hmm. and also, um we were thinking everything was good. You know, we're in our head, we're status quo. We're good to go. Right. And then all of a sudden we hear this initiative. And like you said, sometimes it's too late. Fortunately enough, we got into this five days into the comment period. Right. Um, so we were able to kind of not be too far behind. And what's awesome is the outreach that we've had the last two days. I've probably received upwards or over 200 DMS of people saying they've sent an email. So, I mean, that's a good start, Absolutely. but that's all it is, is a start. Yeah, 200 um, is, is nothing. Um, yeah. Just to give you an idea, when we we were spearheaded, the SB52, the bear ban, um, we had over 20,000. And the second we sent them the 20,000, we, we they literally took it off the ballot. They're like, well, yeah. you're... We're, we're so far surpassed them that what what needs to happen from here on out is we need to play the same game that they play. If you've noticed something about hunters, we're not a united group, right? Deer hunters are the deer hunters, and the and the elk hunters are the elk hunters, and the, you know the antelope hunters are the antelope hunters. Predator, hunters, yeah. So we don't really lock arms together ever. But on the other side of the fence. The, let's save the whales, people. Uh, you know they'll give a call to 
the let's save the sea lions people and let's save the deer people and they'll all be like oh yeah cool let's go they lock arms and and here we go they 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 attack right yeah and you know and i'm not sure on the money side of it but i'm pretty sure on the money side of it they issue grants to each other stuff like that that really makes it very difficult because they know as long as they keep throwing and making kinks and you know chinks in the armor um that eventually the armor is going to be so weak everywhere that their own agenda could get pushed through you know and that's and that's what's happening um that that's kind of what i mean again you know you go back to the mo that's exactly what just happened in washington state yep um they attacked it silently uh the hunters were busy doing hunting things and didn't really know this was coming through and then from what i i listened to another podcast this morning um in regards to the bear thing in Washington, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like their game and fish department was a little bit behind it, um, which sucked. And I really hope that's not the case here in Arizona. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I hope, I, I, I hope not as well. But yeah, um, but it seemed like because they they were kind of getting they were giving out the report that everything's good, nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And then the comment period ended. They went to vote, and boom they lost spring bear hunting for the for 2022. Um, so, I mean, that's exactly how they're attacking us right now. That They're trying to be silent and deadly. And right. um, I just can't, it can't say it enough to get everybody to continue to band together and, and push yeah. this through our way. Uh, this is just an opinion just for me to voice it out. Cause I've got to get it out right here. And it's a perfect time. I don't think that you should be allowed to be a part of any fishing game either on the board, as a warden, as a biologist, if you are not a sportsman. That's it, that's all. I mean, because it's too easy for the wrong stuff to be, you know, um, misrepresented. And and stuff like that happens. So who knows? If we, if you didn't get that, if we didn't get that email, right, that from... Uh, it, that was that came from the fishing game that there was somebody there was you know that they were getting a bunch of comments right and that we hadn't seen yeah. any come from the hunters that came from the fishing game so that tells me whoever is monitoring that is pro hunting right right or yeah, at least to, you me, know, to me that almost seems like a like a secret like a like a leaked email right it was sent to one person hoping that a wildfire would start out of a spark exactly exactly and, uh, which yeah. which is a scary which is scary because that means. You, there are people within, you know, possibly within the department that are pro this or, you know, would not like to see us succeed, you know? So, yeah. but, um, I mean, let's, let's talk about this a little bit as, as far as science-based is concerned. Um, I know we did a bunch of extensive research on the bear stuff and Charles found out a bunch of stuff um, that would, specifically you know that receipt research that was specifically done in california that totally went against what they were trying to do that's why it was so easy to convince people um that uh, that it was a bad idea so one of the things that 
I see right off the bat, and I don't know. Do you know how many lions we we harvested last year? I do. In 2020, mm-hmm. we harvested. Let me go back to my notes here. 2020, we harvested lions. 329 lions. Okay. Three. 281 of those were from hunters. Mm-hmm. 36 of them were from depredation. And then there was a category of other, which was 12. I'm guessing that's something to do with maybe vehicle mortality. Right. Um, you know, something along those lines. But the total number comes out to 329. Okay. And the, the harvest threshold for 2020 was 358. So we were below our threshold. Okay. So this is funny. This is That's funny that they have a harvest threshold of 350, whatever, because there was a, there was a, a um, there was research done here, and I'm trying to look at the date, trying to find a date right now. So real quick, while you're looking at that, mm-hmm. the harvest threshold was the numbers I got off the Game and Fish website. It nowhere specifically said this is the harvest threshold. Okay. I just took all the numbers from each zone okay. and added them all up, and got that's it. what got me to that number. Got it. Which is I don't I, want people to go digging for that number and never be able to find it. Yes, um, uh, so I don't. Yeah, I don't know what their harvest threshold necessarily is is set at, but it's it's a funny thing because they did this crazy study out here, and it was done from I want to say from 2007 to 2017. Don't quote me on the on the dates, but the long and short of it is is that we have. On any given day, anywhere between 2,000 and 2,700 lions in the state. And they concluded that a healthy population of lions in the state would be somewhere between, um, where the heck did I write this down here? Somewhere between 11, I'm just going to give you whole numbers, 1,100 and 1,800. Okay? Right. And they've had spikes where the population, and I don't know if this is lions coming over from Mexico and New Mexico or even California um, or Utah, whatever, you know, and just crossing over the border back. We've had periods that we have been up to 4,000 lions in the state. Yeah. Okay. So let's go, but let's go with the, the current estimates between 2,000 and 2,700 on any given year, right? So let's take right. smack dab in the middle, 2,500, right? Mm-hmm. If we take 2,500 lions, and it is well-known, well-documented on many surveys that a lion takes one big game animal a week, okay? So 2,700 times 52 weeks is 140,400 animals, okay? Yeah. That's a lot of lives, Okay, so if we killed three, what'd you say, 320? Uh, 329. 329, right? 329 times 52. We saved 16,640 deer, elk, and javelina last year by killing 320 lions. Wow. Do you know what the ta- how many tags we, we sold last year or no? No, I... I, the closest thing I was able to dig up was something from like 2013 or something like that. And it wasn't a very trustworthy source, so I don't okay. really want to cite the number. Yeah, I don't know what the number is, but there's <clears throat> tag sales associated with lions and bears. And if you're like me and everybody else that I know that's like me, 
people just buy those tags just to have those tags just in case, right? How many how many hunters go out there and will never see a lion in their life? In their life, never in their life, right? Never in their life, and they will buy that tag every year because they're going coos deer hunting, and just in the off chance that they see one, they want to be able to take a legal crack at it, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so we saved 16,000-plus animals. We have X amount of money coming in on tag sales that are 99% of like nobody fills their line in. Bear's a little different because people, some people will go specifically for bear, but not that over-the-counter bear hunt. That's just, again, it's one of those, let me buy the tag in case, right? Just if you case. get if you yep. get drawn for bear, that's a little different story. You kind of put in for it. You, you're a little bit more invested in it. You probably will put a little time into it. But still, the harvest rate is super low. So I mentioned we have 2,000 or 2,500 lions, right? We have yep. 3,500 bears. Bears, they did a study. Now, the study comes from California and from Colorado. American black bears in Colorado stole 48% of of mountain lion kills. In California, 77% of mountain lion kills. So those animals have to kill even more deer and more elk to feed themselves because their stuff is getting stolen by bears. This was a big thing I, I know you found, Charles, when you were doing the California thing because black bears are, or excuse me, mountain lions are subordinate to black bears. And so if you're going to do a double whammy and take both of them, now mind you, in our state, we have about 110,000 mule deer, about 50,000 coos deer, 30,000 elk, and about 40,000 javelina. I don't know. Too much math for me to do in my head here. 110 plus 50 plus 30 plus 40. That's, did I do that right? That's 230,000 animals total. Okay, 230,000 animals total. Now, what did I what did I say earlier? That we have 2,500, 2,500 times 52. That's 141. So 230 minus 141. That's 89,000. That the difference is 89,000 undulates left each year. So they they take more than half of the population away through predation. That's just mountain lions. You add in bears and bobcats actually affect 10%. There was a study done here um, in the 70s and 10% of the fawn death was bobcats. The next highest was actually coyotes and that's a whole different you know whole different game right there. So you only have X amount of deer, elk and javelina. And you're going to you're going to take away a management tool to keep predator populations in check. Those herds are going to get devastated. Simple as that. So if you're not a if you're not a predator hunter, but you love hunting elk and deer and even javelina or whatever, that stuff is going to go away, folks. If you don't get on board and stop this initiative that they are trying to push, I'll get off. And, my, I'll get off my soapbox for a second. 
I'm gonna climb. I'm gonna climb up on it. And with that, you know, you're saying, you know, it's gonna completely decimate these herds. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went through the archery regulation change. Uh, well, last month, I believe, and people were complaining about how hard it is to get tags and and overpressure from hunters. You think it's gonna be, if the lions go away, it's only gonna be harder. Deer allocations are gonna get cut. They're gonna continue to get cut. It's gonna end up costing more because they're gonna still need to make the revenue. Um, it, everything just becomes more difficult to hunt your deer and your elk that you love to hunt every year. So like John just said, we really need to just band together, whether you are directly affected by hunting lions right now, it doesn't matter. You will be affected within the next handful of years. If right. it even takes that long. And, and in all, and I don't know this to be true because I, this is, you're asking me to get in the mind of, a, of, of the other side. But my guess is they know this, right? And they're going for the cute and cuddly stuff that is not so accepted because they know if they go for that, eventually we will have to stop hunting deer and elk because we will not have a huntable herd because none of us want to see them extinct, right? Because we're not not doing this because we hate these animals. We're doing this because we love nature. And we love being a part of that. We love putting food in our freezer and, and, and being sportsmen, you know, being good stewards of, of the land. I, uh, it's, it gets me really fired up. <laughs> get yeah. really, really infuriated. So what I, I've been doing research all day. I sat at work all day and did a ton of research on this and, one thing I'm finding is the, it, it sucks. First of all, that they're even coming at it, but it sucks that they're coming at it with just straight lies. Like they're not even, and again, it fits their MO, but there's no, the, the facts that quote unquote facts that they're using behind it are straight lies. Mm-hmm. Their numbers are completely fudged. Like you said, um, the, the estimation for mountain lions, we're calling it 2,500. Uh, there was one article I read from the mountain lion foundation that they, um, they estimate that number to be high. Well, I went through and I did, I fact checked a bunch of their math mm-hmm. and a bunch of it is based off of what they estimate. And they cited a, f- a few other sources, but it's what they estimate the lions to be at. Right. And like you said, it was somewhere in that 11, 1800. And so all their math makes it look like we're taking such a high percentage of lions right. when they're essentially leaving out a thousand lions in the population. So it looks like we're decimating at 1100 lions we're killing 350 a year mm-hmm. as opposed to 330 a year at 25 2700 cats right and on um, and honestly i've talked to a couple of guys I, I spoke to a biologist this was a a while ago i want to say probably four or five years ago um i was having a conversation with a rancher one of the areas that i hunt and he said they actually, out of the same mountain range, and I'm talking about a Sky Island mountain down south, not crazy big mountain range, seven different lions because they kept coming after cattle, right? Seven mm-hmm. lions out of one mountain. Like, that's a lot. And, and we're talking about maybe, a, I don't know, couldn't it be more than 10 mile square area? Like, yeah. not Not a very big area. And he had the 
fish and game biologists come out and biologists said that he felt there was closer somewhere between 3,500 and 5,500 lions in Arizona. And they, because of the model that they used to estimate that they couldn't say that high. And I'm like, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I spent a lot of time afield. Um, and especially when I have several coos deer clients, my guides and I, we see two or three lions a year. And this is a, a, an animal that most people will never see in their whole life, right? So that to me says there's quite a few lions, probably more than that they're even saying. So, but we'll go with their numbers, but there is still with their numbers, the math doesn't work. The science doesn't work. It's an emotional decision has nothing to do with science and it will ruin the population of undulates in this state. Simple as that. Yeah. And we, we haven't even really brought up the bighorn sheep population. Oh yeah. Um, which isn't even, which isn't huge anyways, but they're just, they're, they'll devastate a sheep population. So anybody that's, mm-hmm. you know, hoping to, to harvest a sheep someday in their life, kiss that goodbye. Yeah. Um, I think last year in 2020, when we were, you know, really drought stricken, um, I found one dead ewe, another carcass. I couldn't tell what it was. The head wasn't around. And then just this year on a mule deer hunt, I found two dead lambs Mm -hmm. and those four carcasses were all within a half mile of each other. Mm -hmm. And so that's one, that's one spot. You know what I mean? What's, what's happening through the rest of that range or the rest of that sheep habitat. So that that's another thing that really kind of got to me was just the decimation of the sheep herd. Yeah, sheep are uh, uniquely susceptible to lions. Yeah, more more than any other. They don't they don't get affected by coyotes. They don't. There's no wolves in those that country here. At least here in Arizona, there isn't. You know, um, no bears really in that country at all either. It's all yeah. lions, and lions love that terrain it's an ambush friendly area and like you said when you have times of serious drought all they have to do is hang out by the water holes and they're hunting just like us you know yeah so but um yeah i I, it's very important that we get we get on this and it's very important for us to to uh tuck our differences aside and and recognize that it's a necessary thing for us to be united and we need to act fast and, and, and make our voice heard. So, um, with that, do you have anything else you want to add to the, um, yeah, I just, just had a few notes, some more of the stuff that, that was being said about it. Um, a big thing they're targeting is they're, they're saying that we're, we're killing a handful of, female lions with spotted kittens, mm-hmm. which then in turn leaves orphaned kittens, mm-hmm. um, which clearly it states in the rules that we can't do that. Now I, I do understand that things happen or somebody sees a lion, they watch a lion, watch a lion for a few minutes and then shoot it. And unfortunately it had kittens or whatever. And it, it, it's the same rule for bears, no cubs with sows, sows with cubs. Um, but they are saying that we're out, we're out, demolishing these populations by 
I said I saw one quote that said we were straight up killing those kittens, nonetheless orphaning them. Um, the bears. Uh, I have a quote wrote down here: Washington, Nevada, Arizona. This is a quote uh, from Humane Society: Washington, Nevada, Arizona can kill newborn cubs themselves. Certainly, no hunter can justify killing of cubs who cannot outrun a pack of dogs out of hibernation. Um, right there alone, we can't run dogs in the spring when they come out of hibernation. Right. So, I mean, that alone defeats that. Uh, and I guess the rule, the way the rule says, you know, cubs with sows and sows with cubs, um, it doesn't technically say we can't kill cubs, but certainly no hunter can, in their right mind is going to kill a cub. Yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I, I I'm gonna not. I'm I'm not gonna speak for everybody, but my guess is we don't take any any if 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 that once in a while there is a cub taken because of ignorance. But yeah, uh, and I and I don't mean ignorance in a bad way. I'm not calling people just people ignorant. Also means not knowing, right? Yeah, I I and think uneducated. Uneducated is a good way, better way to put it. Um. So it, what does that mean? It means that we, as hunters, we want to keep our rights to do things and, and keep this ship flowing the way we want, we want it to in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, we need to do a better job of educating, you know, and, right. and, and if, and if the fishing game thinks it's a, you know, I, and maybe I don't put it on the fishing game, but for now, for this conversation, I'm going to, um, if it is a problem, bring it to our attention, bring it to the owner's attention. This is a problem. You know, last year we took three cubs or whatever. Um, please. Yeah. If they do it for deer, like you look at the deer, um, and the deer regs, it, it teaches you about what's the difference between a mule deer and a coos deer. So you don't make that mistake. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. They do it in other States for, for point restrictions and whatnot. So just be, just doesn't take that much to throw a little extra in the regulations that, excuse me, uh, throw a little something in the regulations that, that helps people determine what is what. And bear, exactly. I know bear are tip are, are pretty hard to judge. I'm not, you know, people get it wrong pretty often. Um, yeah. as far as, you know, what's, what's, <laughs> I, mean, I hate using this word, but what's a, a I'm going to say trophy, but what's a mature bear versus what's a, uh, you know, a, a immature bear, not a cub, but just one that's not quite does quite has the same age class. But anyway, um, well, I'm going to turn it over to Charles. And Charles, um, if you want to kind of tell a little bit more about how and what the plan is and what we need people to do so we can beat this. Yeah, well, <clears throat> everything you guys have been discussing is is something that. Um, how we'll be able to we'll be able to that information um will be able to go on to how for wildlife.org so people can take uh easy action um on that so if it happens to be a petition um when they sign that each time somebody signs it it goes to the proper uh, email or emails to uh to reach the decision makers so in this case, it's just for comment. So this is actually something that I uh, I might need from you, but I know it's just for comment. So um, I looked it up on AZGFD, and it's going to go to rulemaking at azgfd.gov. And if you guys have any other 
email addresses for me on that. I do need that. But um, that's the way it's going to work. When, when there's an issue like this, the same thing with, with, with the bear ban, um, it's going to go right up on the website, um, get, you know, go on social media like wildfire. Obviously, if you um, join Hall for Wildlife, which is basically just an email address um, and creating a password, um, you don't have to, but if you do, then, um, that, that'll be emailed to you. So you'll get those updates. Um, those be an easy, an easy, uh, action portal to, uh, to make a difference where everybody can come together. Yeah. And, uh, and again, try to, try to, try to least, make your voice heard. Right. Yeah. Well, I know yeah. one of the, one of the major things, one of them, listen, we're all busy, right? Everybody has a finite amount of time. And we're trying to make it as streamlined and easy as possible. You go to Howl for Wildlife. I'm going to put the link with this podcast and actually probably be better. I mean, we're going to, we're going to push this out on social media and everything, but the link will be in the show notes. So uh, just go to the show notes and you'll be able to click to it. But you click on the link, you put your name and your email, and it'll automatically send an email to fishing game that says i support science-based wildlife management i'm against the ban you know for this case it's lions bears and bobcats um and they'll get the email and you'll you're signing a petition and at the towards the end of the comment period i'm going to or we're going to how is going to um Take those names and give it to the decision maker and say, look, look, we have 20,000 people that are against this. So your 100 emails that you got from Husis mean nothing. We're your constituents. You know, do what we want you to do. And that is protect wildlife through science-based management. Um, I know, so wildlife, how for wildlife... We're going to be talking about it a little bit more uh, in the future here, but uh, there's there's some other things coming up. So I urge you to actually join, which is going on there and signing in. It's just your email, and you'll get an e- an email from them just to verified so that you're you know whitelisted and whatever. Um, I urge you to do that because in the future, when stuff comes up, you'll get a notification. Hey, it's time for you to come howl again because they're coming after elk hunting or whatever the case may be. And that way you'll be a part of it. And the great thing about this is you don't have to even be from the state that is starting the ban because all the Western states, all the states in the United States have out-of-state hunters. You all want to go hunting in Colorado, Arizona, Utah, whatever the case may be. Even if you haven't hunted there yet or had a license there yet, and just planning on doing it in the future, it's important that you stick up with your fellow hunters, fellow sportsmen, fellow fishermen, and and just get involved. Because I can guarantee you that 90% of the people that are making the comments are not even from Arizona right now against this. They're just... Some of them are, I, th- I think they're even paid. I, 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 might, I might be just throwing conspiracy theories out there, but I've heard now on several occasions that they, 
I don't know if it's necessarily paved, but they incentivize people to get in, get involved by, I don't know what it is, but they, however they incentivize people. And this is a tool they use. So I am, I for one am really tired of losing battles that we should be kicking ass. And, um, I'm very interested to see how we, uh, we fare on this. Anything else? We're going to incentivize people. We're going to incentivize people as well, but that's, that's not in this space. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't want to get into that. And I, 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 yeah. I, I was kind of hoping that you, you picked up on that, but, um, so mm -hmm. the next phase for Halfa wildlife, um, and this is just a, a 30,000 foot view of it. Um, the more you get involved, you'll be able to accumulate points, and then our corporate sponsors will have stuff for you, basically. Yep. That's a simple way of putting it. Yep. So um, so not only are you a champion for wildlife, we're going to reward you for being a champion for wildlife. Ryan, anything else to add? Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I think we summarized... I have three pages of notes here, and I think we summarized it pretty well. Awesome, Charles. Uh, no, those you guys had a great conversation about all that. I mean, it's it's cool to it's great to listen to, and I'm excited to actually put this stuff to work on on Howl. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, thank you for coming on and uh, helping me bring light to this, and uh, we should have uh, we should have something go going out here pretty soon i'm gonna this is the next podcast to go out so we'll uh we'll get these guys <laughs> hopefully <laughs> i hope so i hope so hope hopefully we're not too busy out there an archery deer season to to pay attention to this stuff i, I think they, i feel like they did it on purpose because they knew that arizona hunters would not be paying attention but that's what, exactly how i feel but what uh what they didn't know is that there's a lot of other people paying attention and uh, we're, we're going to get this stopped. All right, guys. Thank you. And uh, I'll talk to you both soon. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. All one word. Um, and check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.